Welcome to the sermon podcast for New Life Church's Cabot Campus. We are located at 3400 West Main Street in Cabot, Arkansas. Our service times are Sundays at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. To find more information about what we believe, upcoming events, and more, please visit newlifechurch.tv or you can text the word Cabot to 88,000. Good morning, good morning. Hey, James and the team told me this was the Rowdy Crew. How are you doing this morning, 9 o'clock service? Come on, great to see you. Hey, uh, my name is Justin, and we are honored to be here, my wife Emily and I. uh, We live in Conway, like uh, she said, but I am originally from Cabot, Arkansas. Yep, homegrown right here in Cabot. Uh, Great to be back with you. Uh, Ethan called me the prodigal son, so I don't know what that means, but... Uh, I'll just go with it. But hey, uh, it's great to be back in Cabot. It's been a few years um, since 2007, since I moved to Conway. Uh, Not much has changed, but there's been so much that's changed at the same time, if you've lived here for for quite a few years. But uh, how many of you have reason to praise God today, this morning? That worship service, that worship set was incredible. Uh, Man, what, what a great time of worship. But hey, we're going to dive into the Word. But before I do, I just want to tell you a little bit about myself. Again, I told you my wife is Emily. We live in Conway. We've been married a little over four years uh, in May. And then in September, uh, we are welping, welcoming our first baby boy. Come on. We, we got a little boy coming. We got a little boy. You can't really tell in that photo, but, you know, whatever. So just just take our word for it. The blue confetti, you know, whatever. Uh you probably saw that on Pinterest too, didn't you? Yeah, that was that was good. But hey, we're excited. Uh, we don't know what we're doing, so we're we're in over our heads. Uh, I think I'm ready. I don't really know that we are ready though. Uh, <laughs> you never ready, she said. Uh, but hey, we. Uh, I grew up in Cabot. Like I said, I moved to CB to Conway to attend CBC uh, just to play baseball. I played baseball here in town uh, for Cabot and went there just to continue my dream. How many of y'all chased a dream before, and then you quickly realize, man, I gotta, I gotta find a job. <laughs> so I, I got there two, two years into school, and I was like, this is not it. This is not gonna make me a lot of money. I gotta figure out what I'm really gonna do with my life. So I, I felt the call to ministry. I didn't really know what that meant. Uh, all I knew that in ministry you had a pastor who preached every week, and then you had a janitor that cleaned every week. I didn't want to do either one of them. I said, Lord, you better send me another direction. So over the last few years, I've just been trying to be faithful to what God asked me to do, to the call that he put on my life. Uh, and over the, uh, that's what I'm going to speak a little bit about today is just we're going to talk about the fruit in our lives and what God wants to do. Hence this big old watermelon right here. Y'all are probably like, what is that dude doing? It is summertime. This dude is weird. Uh, but we're going to talk about fruits. But man, I'm here to tell you, if God has put something in your heart, if he's given you a vision or given you a dream, what we're going to dive into scripture today and talk about is, even if you haven't arrived yet, God is doing something in your life that will prepare you for what he's leading you into. Amen? And so we're going to look at scripture here in just a second, but man, I've been really chasing the, the dream that God's put in my heart, and really it doesn't look anything like I've wanted it to. It's been harder at times, but man, I'm thankful for leadership like James and Cody Bennett. Uh, I want to take just a second to honor them, their family, the way that they serve you guys, the way that they sacrifice their life to pour into not only this church, but this community. If you're thankful for your pastors, can we love on them and give them a round of praise? Thank God for them this morning. I know there's 
so many people in this church, serve teams, uh, so, so many lay pastors, so many people that get, get it done here and love and serve this community. I want to say on behalf of New Life Church at a campus near you, thank you all for loving this community and serving so, so well and so hard. Uh, but y'all ready to jump into scripture this morning? We're going to be in John 15. John 15, that's one of the gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. We're going to be in John 15 this morning, and this is the parable that talks about uh, the vine and the branches. If you grew up in Sunday school, you know you probably had a felt board uh, uh, diagram. You got to stick the fruit on the, on the felt board. How many of y'all remember those days? Those were, those were just glorious days. Here we are, iPads. Everything's just done for us. We're going to dig into the Word. It's going to be on the screens. You can go through with us. John 15, verse 1 through 7, and then verse 16. It says, I am the true grapevine, and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch of mine that doesn't produce fruit, and he prunes the branches that do bear fruit, so they will produce even more. You have already been pruned and purified by the message I have given you. Remain in me, and I will remain in you. For a branch cannot produce fruit if it is severed from the vine, and you cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me. Hello. Yes, I am the vine, you are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. That's going to be a verse we come back to time and time again during our time today. For, uh, sorry, I lost my place. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Anyone who does not remain in me is thrown away like a useless branch, and it withers away. Such branches are gathered into a pile to be burned, but if you remain in me and my words remain in you, you may ask for anything you want, and it will be granted. You didn't choose me. This is verse 16. I chose you. I appointed you to go and produce lasting fruit so that the Father will give you whatever you ask for using my name. Turn to your neighbor, whoever you came with today, tell them it's time for fruit. It's time for fruit. Tell them confidently. Like I'm not, I'm not talking about like cantaloupe fruit. I'm talking about like the good fruit. You know what I'm saying? It's time for fruit. Let's pray. God, we love you. Thank you for your word. Lord, we just pray right now that you would, you would teach us uh, we pray for open hearts, uh, open minds to Lord, whatever you want to speak to us today. I know that one word is not going to be uh, uh, good for everybody, but Lord, you're good and you know what each one of us need. And God, I pray for that this morning. We thank you so much in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Hey, how many of you have, how many of you would be bold enough to say you have a favorite fruit in here? Uh, yeah, I do, I do too. Uh, mine happens to be strawberry. Uh, strawberry, I mean, I'm talking strawberry cake, strawberry Soda, that's kind of gross though. Strawberry, strawberry, the fruit, strawberry, really slushies, anything strawberry, I'm down with it. Uh, one, how, many, how many of y'all love peaches in here? Like that's your favorite fruit, you know what I'm saying? Like that's the carrot of all vegetables, you know what I'm saying? You know when you go to a party, this is just a side note. When you go to a, to a party and, and someone brings that vegetable medley of carrots and broccoli and cauliflower, Carrots are always gone. By the time you get to the, to the front of the line, they're gone. And whoever brought that's going home with cauliflower. You feel me? Like, <laughs> every single time, it never fails. But how many of y'all love peaches, for real? How, how many peaches fans we got? Okay. I, I, I love it. I, I'm thankful for you guys, too. But the sound that peaches make when you're eating them are just sick. It's disturbing. And it's kind of like nails on a chalkboard. You feel me? Like, I want to do you a favor and everyone else in the room. Leave the peaches at home, you know? Like, just leave them at home, enjoy them yourself. Enjoy them by the pool, whatever you got to do. 
uh, man, but I've got some favorite fruit in our life. Uh, but when it comes to this, this verse, I started studying. I started trying to figure out, okay, God wants us to produce fruit in our life. Uh, I tend to have a favorite fruit. And I was like, man, I wonder what kind of fruits grow in what seasons and what kind of biblical illustrations God wants to show me through this. And so as I was preparing and studying, uh, I felt as though uh, the significance of the fruit, and it says you will produce, produce fruit in every season, uh, that caught me by surprise. Because then I started to study, and uh, I, I started noticing that certain fruits grew in certain seasons, which some of you are like, duh, that's kind of elementary. Uh, but for the sake of our study today, we need to, we need to make that point known. So I, I looked up, and strawberries are basically harvested in the spring. And in the summer, it, you have watermelon, cantaloupe, uh, peaches, hey, shout out to peaches, you know what I'm saying? Uh, in the fall, they, they do uh, apples, raspberries, several other fruits. That's not an extensive list. But then I, I started asking the Lord, what, what kind of fruit is it? That, these are, you can see these, you can eat them. Like when you say fruit in our language today, it makes sense. But if we were to in this scripture, as Jesus is saying, hey, I want you to be bearing fruit in every season of your life. For a lot of us, it's hard to understand because the fruit that Jesus is talking about here is somewhat, uh, you, you can't really fathom what he means. In scripture, Jesus, is teaches, Jesus teaches several of these things. He teaches about faith. Uh, he teaches about the fruit of love in our lives. He teaches the, the fruit of generosity in Matthew 5. He teaches uh, that you should be bearing the fruit of abstaining from sin, keeping from, the, keeping from sin. He, t- he teaches about the fruit of making disciples in Matthew 28. And so as I, I began looking down this list, I was like, man, I wonder what other fruits in the Bible this talks about. And so Paul gives an extensive list. Paul, as some of you may know, he's coaching churches. He's writing letters to these people. And basically all his letters are, is him saying, hey, here's what's going on. Here is what the fruit that you can be producing if you stay connected to the Lord. He teaches about kindness, forgiveness, mercy, honesty, the fruit of integrity and humility. In Galatians 5, he lists out all of the fruits that through the Holy Spirit living inside of us as we continue to seek him, these are the fruits that are evident in our lives and that other people will notice. Check this out. But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Now, I felt the call to ministry uh, probably 10, 12 years ago. Just, just so you know, this story, this fruit message is the very first one I ever spoke, but it's because it's, it's what the Lord, the journey that the Lord has taken me on for the last 12 to 13 years. So I felt the call to ministry 10 or so years ago, and I felt like I was going to be a pastor. But at the time, I was playing baseball. I, was, I had a part-time job. I didn't even lead people at all. I had no idea what this would even look like. And so I'm, I'm sitting in my, in my Bible class at CBC, and I'm like, what does this even look like? What, what does this mean? And then I took a step-by-step approach to this thing. I kept pursuing God, and we're going to talk what, through what that means here in just a second. But then I, I started serving at the church, like many of you. I greeted at the doors. I let, helped lead the serve team. I picked up trash after the women's event. Like, these are the things that I started doing. And then I started leading a life group. And then I started uh, helping with the, the, the creative side of things, video, production, lights, honing the gifts and the, and the passions that were inside of me. 
And then what that led to is a job at the church doing production, light, sound for Conway and Little Rock, the conferences, the student conferences, all those things. And then it wasn't until three years ago, a year after we got married, that I stepped into pastoring. And so 10 years went by, and I had no idea why I was in these other, other seasons of my life, these other areas, when I knew that I was called to be a pastor. But one thing that I knew is that if I was faithful and obedient to God, it didn't matter what it looked like when I arrived at being a pastor, whatever that meant. I just knew that every step of the way, and I, I, I chose to trust God in this, that whatever you're doing in me right now is preparing me for what you have next in my life. And a lot of you are at that place right now. You're thinking, man, I've, I've served God for a long time. I've been in church for a long time. Maybe you've just started coming to church. I've been faithful. I've been reading my Bible. Where's the fruit in my life? Where is what I thought I would be getting out of this? That's a valid question. But I'm here to say the fruit that you're experiencing may not look like what you expect it to. God is doing something in you today. You may have a dream of starting a business, starting a family. You may want to teach other people. You may want to dig deeper into the Bible, know more about the Bible. You, you may want to write a book. Whatever these dreams are, they don't have to be super spiritual dreams. God is going to produce in you the fruit right now that will lead to whatever that dream is that he's put inside of you. For me, it was ministry. Jesus cares whether we produce fruit or not in our lives. It says in John 15, it says, I appointed you to go and produce everlasting fruit. How many of y'all want to produce Fruit that won't just last the lifetime that you're here, but will last for eternity. That's the fruit that God is wanting to produce inside of you. So we're going to look at, okay, I understand it. I see this. I want to produce fruit in my life. I see the importance of it. Jesus wants me to be bearing fruit, but how do I do it? That's, what, that's the question I always come back to here, is how do I know that I'm, I'm even on track to produce fruit? Y'all been there before? How do I even know that I'm taking the steps necessary? So that's what we're going to look at today in John 15. Uh, it's time for fruit. Point number one, digging deep roots in Christ. This is the first and most important step. I don't know how many times in this scripture Jesus tells the people he's teaching, remain in me. I should have counted it, but I didn't. I'm sorry. <laughs> but John 15, 5, it says, Yes, I am the vine, and you are the branches. Those who remain in me, and I in them will produce much fruit. Jesus promises us that if we remain in him, if we keep seeking him, if we keep praying, if we keep reading the word, then we will produce much fruit. But then in the same exact uh, couple verses, on the contrary, he says, hey, if you're, if you're severed from the vine, if you don't remain in me, you're not going to produce fruit. You're not going to like the fruit that comes from being apart from me. It will not be everlasting. It will not be endless fruit. Remaining just means to, uh, this example, last year, 2020, the government came out, pandemic hit, they said, you stay in your homes and you don't leave. We were like, okay. So we find ourselves remaining in our home for weeks on end. Like you didn't go to the store, you didn't go out. This is the same concept that we carry into this specific scripture is remain in me. God, I'm not going to move. I'm not going to go anywhere. I'm going to remain in you. Even if I don't like where I'm at right now, even if I don't like my circumstances, I will remain. It's a decision that we make to remain. What this means is staying with Christ. Keep meeting with him day after day. Keep meeting with your life group. Maybe some of you, it looks like leading a life group. 
What does it look like for you to remain with Christ? For me, uh, this principle always comes back to working out. As you can tell, I'm really fit and I love to work out. Uh, Y'all laugh really quickly at that. Uh, I do need to work out more. Every year in January, we, we figure out and we come to the realization that December was a tough month. You know what I'm saying? Uh, we ate too much food, and we make our New Year's resolutions, right? And so just to make this illustration, uh, we decide January 1, we're getting to the gym. Okay, day one, you got your new shoes, you got the new fit, like you're looking right. You look like progress is about to be made. So you step up in the gym, you, you hit it, I mean, you hit it hard. You go all out, and you do every muscle group you can think of, because you're motivated. You're there, and, and, and you're already there, you might as well put the work in. Okay, you wake up the next morning, and you're really sore. You know what I mean? How many of y'all felt that sore before? Like, you're questioning if you should even get out of bed. You may call into work. The, the new workout clothes are for sure not making it back out. Uh, you've lost all motivation to go to the gym. But it's that decision to keep going. And once you do it that day, the decision has to be made again the next day and the next day. And then a couple weeks in, you start to see some physical changes. You start to see some, some of your, your health changes taking place. And you're like, man, I can see the fruit of me working out day after day. I can see the fruit of me taking the initiative of, take, of making that change in my life. And I like this. I, I start to crave working out. This is the same concept. If you carry it into our spiritual life, our walk with God, this is what happens. If we, if we get into our word, if we attend life group at first, we may be really motivated because the preacher sermon was on point. You know what I mean? But then the next week, your schedule's packed. You're busy. You may not have the early morning that you had the week before. Kids may have kept you up until 2 or 3 a.m. And you've got to decide, am I going to keep this thing a priority in my life? And then weeks after, you look at your life and be like, man, God is, I'm more confident. I have more peace than I've ever had. The things that the Lord is producing inside of you because of his living word are worth it and you're starting to crave the things that God is doing in your life. So as you remain in him through broken relationships, financial hard times, the anxiety and the stress and, and, and everything that comes your way, if we remain in him, the fruit is a promise of God. Our role is just to remain. It's to stay with God to keep up with our life group, regardless of how hard it gets, remain in him. Jeremiah 17 says it this way, blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, whose trust is the Lord. He is like a tree planted by water that sends out its roots into the stream and does not fear when heat comes, for, it is, for its leaves remain green and it's not anxious in the year of drought, for it does not cease to bear fruit. What does digging deeper look like for you? What does digging deeper look like for you? In this season, it may look one way, and in the next season of life, two, three months later, a couple of weeks later, it may look something different. Point number two, embrace your season. Embrace your season. We meet with a lot of college students who, that four-year gap is some of the most joyous times, but some of the most hard times in people's lives. Because uh, they, they want to be there, but soon after, they don't really want to be there. They're like, I just want a job. I, I want to be able to do what I want to do. I hate my classes. <laughs> we, hear, we hear the gamut of things from college students, but one thing that they always talk about is, man, I wish I was blank. And a lot of us do that too. I've been there. I, I wish I made more money. I wish 
or when I start doing this, then I'll get back back into church. Then I'll start serving the church. Then I'll then I'll focus more on my family. Y'all y'all feel me on that? Like I want us to be to be vigilant in the way that we embrace the season that we're in because what God has for you right now, you, there's there's fruit that God has for you that you can only harvest in this season of your life. Galatians 6, 9 says, Let us not become weary in doing good, for at a proper time we will reap a harvest if what? If we do not give up. we got to remain in Him. Embrace the season that you're in. How do we fully embrace it? Jesus says, I am the vine and you are the branches. What we have to do, church, is we have to walk in humility. We have to walk in humility. That's knowing and trusting and resting in the fact that the fruit is up to God. The, the growth in our life is up to God. All we have to do is remain. Uh, Emily and I, we book a trip every maybe once a year. But there's a stark difference in the way that she plans a trip. Ladies, y'all, y'all feel me on this. And there's a stark difference in the way that I plan a trip. So if Emily plans a trip, we can send you that portfolio. We can send you the pictures of the places we're going to go the menus of the restaurants we're going to go eat at. And I, I can tell you pretty much every day, you feel me, your wife's that way. Uh, you can, I can tell you every single day what we're going to be doing. And on my trip, they're the most fun. I'm kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. I'm kidding, I'm, so, I'm kidding. On my trip, we just get there. We arrive, and she says, what are we doing? I'm like, I mean, we're here. Like, what else do you want to be doing? We're on vacation. And then I always have that, that humble moment. I'm like, man, I should have I done a little bit more. I should have planned a little bit more like Emily, or at least given her that, the afterthoughts, the where are we going to eat, where are we going to go. Those are my humble moments because she is way better at planning than I am. Uh, but, man, our humility in our relationship with Christ will allow us to embrace the season that we're in. When we walk around saying, God, I know that it's not up to me. I don't have to produce. I don't have to work for this. I'm trusting that you are going to do what you want to do in my life right now. And Lord, if I don't know the next step to take, I'm okay with that. In that moment, with that mindset, God can produce the fruit. It's when we think, man, I need this. I need to hit the tape on this. I I got dreams. I got plans. I'm going, I'm going, I'm going. It's going to be hard for God to move and work and produce fruit in a life that's not humble to him and what he wants to do. So what season are you in? What season are you in? And how does it, what does it look like for you to embrace it? Just to, to be content in what God wants to do in your life. I, I heard a speaker one time, I don't remember who it was. They said, hey, instead of asking God, why am I here? Why are you doing this to me? Let's ask God, what do you want to teach me? What do you have for me in this season? And watch that change the way we think about where we're at. God, what do you want to do in my life? God, I, I don't really want to be here. <laughs> You can tell God that. But what do you want to do? What do you want to do in me? And then point number three, expect fruit in your circumstances. Expect fruit. Psalm 1, 1 through 3. Blessed is the one who does not walk and step with the wicked or stand in the way that sinners take or sit in the company of mockers, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord. And who meditates on his law day and night, that person is like a tree planted by the streams, which yields its fruit in season, and whose leaf does not wither, whatever they do, it prospers. 
Are you enduring the season that you're in, or are you, are you expecting God to do something in you? Uh, when I was growing up, we, my mom, there was a specific story that I remember. I don't know why I remember this, uh, but I, we were in trouble, my brother and I had messed up, and my mom, how many of y'all got whoopings? I'm, I'm talking about like whoopings. That's what I got. Uh, so my mom went and got the, <laughs> got a switch. My mom went and got the belt, and I knew it was better for mom to do it than dad. That's what I knew. So she went and got the belt. She came in the room where we were at. She's like, all right, it's game time. So smack right on my butt. And what I did not think through was my response. <laughs> I laughed at my mom. Yep. And then she said what every parent says and every son or daughter hates to hear. Wait till your dad gets home. And I yelled, Mama, no, I don't, that was good. I don't, I, that's, ow, ow. I started trying to go back, and there was no way. There was no way we were going back. And so what happens, Dad? That's the only time I probably prayed for my dad not to come home. <laughs> but, man, he got home, and it was lights out. Game over. And the fruit in that is never laugh at mom's whoopings. I can tell you that. <laughs> you, you fake it till you make it. But... Man, we've got to expect fruit in every season of our life. It says in Colossians 2, 7, you're deeply rooted in him. You know your way around the faith. Now just do what you've been taught. So a lot of you are in this season and, and you may be thinking about fruit. You may want fruit in your lives, this, this fruit of patience and joy. And you may be thinking about a couple right now in your life. You're like, man, I, I wish I had more peace. I wish I, whatever that fruit is for you. Man, let's start asking God and believing that he's producing something in our life. Because what, when you and I take the humble position and say, God, I don't know really what you're doing. I don't know why you have me here. But God, I, I know that you're producing something in me and I'm gonna be patient until you get me to that point. A couple weeks ago, we were in Honduras. And over the last probably three or four months, I've been dealing with a lot of anxiety. So much to the point of I've had two panic attacks at our house. Uh, and it, it kind of came to an end in Honduras. The second night we were there, I had a panic attack in my bed. My body is shaking violently, and I, I really have no idea what is going on with my body. And so I'm in a, I'm in a foreign, con foreign country, and we, I actually go to the ER there, which is, you don't ever want to go there. <laughs> it's probably better just stay at the hotel. But man, what I don't know is why this has been happening. What I do know is that the Lord has been challenging me to draw nearer to him through this process. I don't know why. I don't know what the end product is. I don't know what I'm walking into. I know we're about to have a kid. I know we're, we're pastoring a ministry. I know that whatever we're walking into, I'm gonna have to be able to trust God even more than what I did last year. I'm going to be able to have more, I've got to have more faith. I've got, to, I've got to be able to tap into the peace that the Bible says surpasses understanding and all knowledge. I've got to be able to tap into that. So what I know is the fruit is that God has been allowing this to, to change how I, how I interact with Him, to change my time with Him. I'm not saying if you're battling anxiety to just pray more. This has been my story. I don't want it but I know that God has been doing something new in my life. Some of y'all can relate with that story. Some of y'all have been like 
desperate for God to move. And you're like, man, I don't, I don't see any changes. I've come to church. I don't see any changes. I pray for my kids. I don't see any changes. And if we remain in Him, we embrace the season that we're in, and we, we don't have to have it all together. We don't have to know all the answers. And we, we expect God to be doing something in our lives, expect Him to be moving and working, even if we don't see it. God is faithful because it says, those who remain in me will produce much fruit. When I was praying for this church, this city, God gave me this illustration. The fruit in our lives, sometimes when we're praying and thinking through this, we want it to look a certain way. And I'm gonna warn you, don't compare the fruit in other people's lives to what God is doing in yours. Because a lot of times I'm looking for this type of fruit. I'm like, man, I want my fruit to to be big, to be noticeable, to be something I can brag about, to be something that I can preach on Sunday morning. But then in all reality, my fruit looks a lot like this most of the time. Not much to talk about, pretty small in size, but enough of these week after week, day after day, maybe month after month. God shifts who you are. God begins to change your perspective. God begins to break your heart for the things that breaks his. And why is he doing it? because we're choosing to remain in God, because we're allowing him to do a new work in us, regardless of what we feel or see, we're trusting that God, you're in control. And I want you to produce fruit in my life. I need you to produce fruit. God, I trust you that you're gonna do it. So church, it's time for fruit. And if we do these things, I promise you, our city will look different. Our homes will look different as they grow stronger in Christ. Our kids are going to be confident in who they are in their identity as, as a son or a daughter of Christ. You guys, the parents, homes, complete homes are going to be stronger uh, in community, in biblical community, because that's the way God designed it. And we're going to see a city shaken up for Jesus Christ in this city. That's what's going to happen when we remain in Christ. And we're going to see people in this community who have never been to church, who don't want anything to do with church. They're going to run to the church for the answers they've been looking for. Will you remain in Christ? That's our only job. God produces the fruit. God does what he's going to do. We have to just remain. Amen. God, I thank you this morning for your word. I thank you how it encourages. I thank you at the same time that we're encouraged through your word, God, that, that you're, you're convicting us. You're, you're showing us areas that we can do better. You're showing us areas where we can trust you more and have faith and and. God, share our faith with other people. God, you're doing those things in our lives right now. And God, I pray in here as we talk about remaining in Christ, and I know some people do not have a relationship with you. The remain aspect of a relationship with you is, is not something that they even know about. And if that's you in here, I, I want you to know that Jesus desires you more than he desires the fruit you can produce. The, the fruit of our relationship is being changed to look more like Christ. And you right now, if, if you haven't made that decision to fully surrender your life to Jesus Christ, that's your first step. That's your next move. And God's, God gave everything so that you could make this decision. He said, I'm going to give you all that I have. My son, eternity with me. I'm going to give you 
the access to everything you have in me, you choose me. If that's you in here, I would love to just pray with you. If you want to receive Jesus Christ as the Lord of your life this morning, as the King of your life, if you will, just raise your hand just so I can see you. I want to pray with you. Yeah, anybody in the room? Thank you, Jesus. God, you're so good. I'll give you one more minute. God, I thank you for what you're doing in the hearts of people in this room. God, I know that, I don't know everybody's situation. I don't know where everybody is, but God, we, we trust you. And Lord, I know that there is a lot of, a lot of things pulling at our hearts. But God, let nothing be stronger than the pull of you. Lord, you're jealous. You want us. You want relationship with us. And then you want us to become like you, to learn more about you. And God, I pray, Lord, as we lead our families, as we lead our peers, and as we look to lead our own life, Lord, that we would have our focus completely on you. And Lord, that you would do a brand new work in us in Jesus' name. Amen and amen.